Welcome to Church at the Vineyard Sermon of the Week with Colton Penrod. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you this week to know Jesus, press into freedom, discover the new, and pour into the world. Well, I know that this is a lot. I know that we have a lot going on these past few weeks. There's a lot of information. A lot of it is heavy, uh, but I feel like it is vital that the church finally takes a stand against junk um, and that we actually be the church. Because she said something that really kind of struck me and uh, said if, you know, if everyone really, really pushed in to certain areas that the Bible Belt would probably look a lot different than it does right now. And I do have to agree with that. I have to agree 100% with that. And it really, just to be honest, gets me fleshly irritated that that actually has to be said because I've seen it over and over and over. And one of the main things that I've been in ministry for, pro- like, as far as some pastoral role for almost 10 years now, and I do have to say that the perpetrators are in the church, and you know what makes me sick is that I have to make sure that our volunteers are background checked and that our pastor, children's pastor went through a severe background check and make sure that all of our pastors are background checked and that we're all held accountable. And the fact that that, and it's for safety for our children and everything because I have seen junk happen and I have seen a lot of... Um, unfortunate situations come into play, but we're going to talk today about trauma, and we're going to talk how all five steps we went over last week, how we can go through those five steps with any trauma that we've got. It's going to be real educational today. Um, I'm trying my best to not get too preachy on anyone because this is something that needs to be dealt with, and if people are not going to go see counselors or they're not going to go see someone to reach out for help or go after help, then what better place to actually receive at least a crash course on what you can do than in the church house? Does anybody agree with me on that? I uh, have been challenging myself on reading this book called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf, and it is so vital and um, needed for so many people, for everyone. Everyone that I have ever come into contact with has some form of trauma, some form of uh, issue, if you will, and we kind of try to make light of it, and we try to uh, sometimes even joke about it, and then... um, I'm just going to get on to the Pentecostal church for a minute. If we start teaching in the church, we're like, oh my gosh, this is not anointed and we can't do these kinds of things. If the pastor's not up hollering and spitting and spewing, and I mean, that's my favorite way to preach. This is the most uncomfortable way to preach for me. But the church has got to finally take a stand on this mess. We have got to take a stand on this mess. And I was, in all honesty, I was really uh, stressed about doing this. I was like, God, this is so uh, not what we're used to. This is not, or not what I'm used to. God, how am I going to lead into something that I don't even 100% know how to do in of myself? And I'm always taken back to... 200 Old Pleasant Valley Road in Atala, Alabama, before I prayed, uh, before I officially announced that we were doing this, that he told me on a church pew that I grew up in that said, you do what you know to do, and I will take care of the rest. How many know that we need to probably step forth into that from here on out for everyone? Okay, so I'm going to educate 
a lot, most of this is not my knowledge. What I'm reading from is from a research paper. I will bring scripture in and tie it all together, but I'm reading from a research paper today because I want everyone to understand that some of the junk that we go through is very normal. Like, for instance, uh, if you smell a certain smell and you're automatically taken back to a particular point in your life. Has anybody ever done that? Like there's a particular smell. Like I know, let's, let's make it joyous for a second. Like if I smell apples or anything that's apple scented, I'm automatically taken to Christmas and I go to my Nana's and we're, we're ready under the tree. We're about to open the Christmas presents and I can, it's like I'm there the moment that I smell that scent. Okay. That's the exact same thing that works for trauma. Let's say that you've, you've been arrested or you have been in a situation where you're raped or sexually molested or abused in some form or fashion. There may be a smell of somebody's cologne or somebody's perfume and it will automatically take you to that situation immediately and you are there in a moment's notice and you can be with your family and somebody walk in with that particular cologne or that particular perfume and you are immediately in the exact same situation you were 15 years ago when you were being abused. Okay, it's, that's just, unfortunately, that's how it works. So in these moments, I'm going to educate and I'm going to really push the church to go after and understand particular trauma. So their trauma involves exposure. Exposure means that you are exposed to a particular situation that you probably weren't meant to be exposed to. And most of the time, it is not your fault. I hear so many times that when you experience certain things or you go into certain areas, they have been so many times that I've heard people say, well, you shouldn't have been there. You were just in the wrong place. Oh, that really makes me cringe. Because last time I checked, I never... I've never known anybody to go into a situation and be like, I'm going here because I want to get abused. You see what I'm saying? Uh, it's not based off of the person. We cannot victim blame. And this, I'm going to get pretty personal here in a second. But when, when we were last week, there was a couple of people that were really uh, agitating and very condemning people to hell based off of what they wore. And they actually, over this microphone, told this girl that she was the reason for her rape because she was wearing short shorts. Hold up a second. Man, if you can't control yourself, stay inside. Second off, don't blame the victims. Stop doing it, okay? Stop blaming the victims. So it involves exposure because if, if it were me in that situation and I was being cut, told all this, that moment would have been a moment of trauma for myself, being blamed for something that I had no control over, okay? That's called victim blaming. A collective trauma means that it hits a large group of people. So this could be tornadoes. I know that several people in this area deal with a lot of tornadic trauma because of all the storms that happened several years ago. I know that there are several people in this area, and I've never experienced it before. Like, I don't have tornadic trauma at all because I've never been involved in it. But when there were tornado sirens that went off in my neighborhood a couple of months back, or a few months after we moved in, I saw almost all of my neighbors lose their ever-loving mind. They were running, getting in their cars, and they were going to the local uh, shelter. I had never seen that. And I realized, oh, this happened several years ago, and there is trauma still built up, so their reaction was based off of the trauma of hearing those sirens. 
So I was like, okay, wow, th- this is different. I'd never seen it before. I've lived in neighborhoods, but most of the people that I knew stayed in their homes. They put a helmet on. They put uh, mattresses in their tubs and stuff. No, everybody was leaving their homes. I was like, India, what is going on? I'm like, do we need to leave? Do I, do, am I not hearing something? I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But seeing all these people leave their house really flipped me out, but I realized that it was a root of trauma. Personal trauma victimizes an individual or small group. So this can be through illness of a family member. This can be a a car wreck. Anybody who's ever been in a car wreck, uh, I cannot stand being around diesels because I just don't like it. First, I mean, I I hate being around diesels because I've experienced with losing a family member to a diesel wreck. Uh, House fire, rape or sexual assault, uh, a loved one's death. Miscarriage, job loss, separation of a parent or loved one. That's one thing that I deal with a lot. If I get close to you and I feel like that we're pulling apart, it stresses me out. I don't like that type of feeling. Divorce or the end to a long, long-term relationship. Arrest can cause it. A humiliating or deeply disappointing experience. Physical or verbal abuse, bullying, the list goes on and on. These can be all forms of trauma. And when these things take deep root in you, your body, your mind, every bit of you, your psyche responds in particular ways, and it's called a trauma response, a trauma response. So these can uh, manifest in certain ways, like they can come in flashbacks, they can come in post-traumatic stress reactions, they can come in sleep disturbances, they can come in anger or aggressive behavior. They can come in lack of concentration, self-blame, guilt and shame, depression, and even suicidal thoughts. So all these, all one event, literally, can lead to these particular side effects. So I went into the second week of this series talking about trauma for a very specific reason because I knew that trauma would be a little bit more broad than just depression and suicide. Trauma encompasses everything. I mean, legitimately everything. Anything that has a lasting impression that causes negative side effects can be labeled as trauma. Any bit of it can. And so... One of the things that even with myself is lack of concentration, self-blame, guilt, and shame, and a sleep disturbance. Those are the main, main three things that a side effect that I feel like I deal with. And I'm going to be very open in this message today because I want you to realize that even the pastor has to go through certain junk and it's okay, but what's not okay is to continue to bury and push down and push down and push down. Because the more that you suppress, the more that it will begin to affect. Okay? So during prayer this morning, in pre-service prayer, I talked about an exposing. Okay? And what I mean by this exposing is I mean that it is time for the church and people within the church who are dealing with things to finally open up. And I want you to realize that this house is a safe place to do that. Okay? I've taken on this week more uh, phone calls and uh, more trying to schedule meetups than I have the entire time of being a pastor, just this week alone. And you may say, oh my gosh, that's heavy. Yes, it may be heavy, but it's the exact goal of why we're doing this. Okay, so, and I want you to understand that exposure is not a bad thing. Trying to bandage and band-aid up something that needs a surgeon is a bad thing. 
Okay? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people are like, okay, this is making me uncomfortable. My pits are sweating. Everything, everything around me is getting uncomfortable, and that's okay. But please understand the heart behind this, because when you expose something and you finally reveal it, I will be the first to let you know that when it becomes to light, it is the biggest burden you can ever get off your chest. When you've dealt with years of certain things in your own privacy or your own uh, mind and you, you think that you're too crazy to reveal those things to anyone else, I promise the moment that you finally find your angel, just like Elijah did after calling down fire from heaven to uh, lap up the prophets of Baal and all these things, he went into hiding and he hid away because he was depressed and scared because of... Uh, Jezebel trying to kill him but the moment that all that was exposed and he released that to the angel that came to comfort him he was able to take on to the next journey that he had that God had for him exposure is not a bad thing it is not a bad thing Devin Wallace released something last year during the shutdown that and of course she did a play on words and what was happening in with society but that there was an unmasking an unmasking of the things that were hidden within people because when you are able to unmask and reveal the things and get the things out that you need to get out, a refining fire can come in. Okay? A refining fire can finally come in. Another side effect is an avoidance behavior. I am this way, my goodness. If <laughs> Dylan showed me a TikTok this past weekend, that stated, when plans get canceled, introverts start dancing. <laughs> that was to totally my top personality. But it's an avoidance ta task, uh, tactic as well. It's an avoidance tactic as well. So when you feel overwhelmed around a lot of people, like sometimes I do, you'll want to avoid and go, like I love my office because I can just go in there and shut the door and I'm like, okay, Lord, speak to me because... I just need you to speak to me. Lord, give me peace. Listen to music. Just pray. Read in the Word. But even something down to comfort eating can be a result of trauma. It can be a result of trauma because I've heard this and I've seen this many times. And again, this is getting heavy. I know this is weird uh, to talk about, especially for my style of uh, preaching. But even to the fact of when some a female is abused, or even a male that can happen on both sides of the table, sexually abused, they will overeat unintentionally, but intentionally so that they didn't, won't become attractive to a man or someone else, so that they make their body go, so that they are not desired. It's crazy, but it's the truth. It may not be a conscious effort, but the trauma that is deep-rooted can also result in that type of thing. So you may say, why have you said all of this heaviness? Because I want you to realize that Jesus sent his only son. So that you did not have to hide under the laws of man any longer. So that you can release everything that's inside of you. And lay it at the feet of Jesus. And you may say, okay, well, Pastor Colton, that sounds all good and uh, jolly and snowflakes and glitter should fall right now and there should be an awesome crescendo with peaceful music behind me right now. Sometimes laying your cares at the foot of the cross looks a little different than just the sinner's prayer. 
The sinner's, the sinner's prayer is literally just words and heart connection to the Father, and it's done. A trauma prayer may look a lot different. A trauma laying at the foot of the cross is a lot different than someone coming to the altar with their sins and they can just say, Lord, I need you to forgive me, and it's done. Okay? Like I said last week, when you begin to deal with trauma in your own life and you finally accept the fact, yes, I understand that I'm dealing with junk and I really need to get it off my chest. You really need to gather the information. So if you had this in your notes last week, add them to it if you want to, or you can put them in there as well. But the gathering questions are, why do I feel this way? What has caused me to feel this way? What has happened in my life? And can I, what can I gather to answer the questions of what I'm going through? If you, if you were sexually abused, put on there. When you reflect and realize why you're feeling this way, write it down and say, okay, I was sexually abused. This is why I'm feeling this way. That's okay. Because when you, when you are open in your gathering, that's when you can finally get to the active reach toward healing. When you are open to self enough to say, this is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I'm responding this way. This is why I'm aggressive when certain people ask me certain questions and I get offended. This is why I'm doing it this way. That is when you can finally get to the active reach. And what you're reaching toward is the feet of Jesus. Okay? So gather all your thoughts. Be open with yourself. Because we've all got some kind of junk in our life that really triggers, okay? We've all got that. But when you're able to be open and say, instead of being just, oh, I don't respond that way, I, I, I'm just ill or whatever today, and you're not honest with yourself, you're not going to be able to reach like you need to. So when you ask those questions, reflect on them and say to yourself, am I being honest with myself? Am I being honest? Reflect on the questions that you've given. Don't write them down yet. Just think and process on them for a minute or two. But reflect on those answers that you've got in your mind and say, is this actually being open with the reasoning behind the behaviors and the trauma? I was trained in something called ABC. It's uh, what we use for uh, behavior certified analysis. And it's called ABC. It's the antecedent behavior and consequence. What happened right before this particular behavior? And what was the consequence of that particular behavior? When I look at the ABC and I take the ABC data, I'm able to see that certain environments affect certain behaviors. So if you're constantly in an environment of where you're completely being abused and I realize that you don't want to hug around the side, I can understand why you don't want to hug. Because if you can recognize and open up about the antecedent, then you'll start to see behaviors and certain other things start to change within your life. And you may say, how does any of this have to do with Scripture? I'll get to that in a second. Write your answers down once you finally got a non-biased answer about yourself. Write those answers down. In Habakkuk, if you'll put the Habakkuk Scripture up for me. 
It says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. This is for yourself and for others. Write it down. Put it plain. Make sure that it is unbiased. Because I, like I said last week, I was so like set on becoming going into music as a, a music education teacher. And I was like, all right, I'm pretty good for West End, who's got a class of 55. I'm really good. I'm rocking it out right now. But then when I get into a university with all these crazy musicians coming in from all, the, all across the country, I'm like, okay, I'm junk. See you later. Okay, Being honest and open with yourself. And I wrote that down and I changed my plans quickly because I came to an unbiased opinion of, okay, this is not what's meant for me. It's just a cool little side hobby for me. Gather your thoughts, reflect, and make sure they're non-biased. Once they're non-biased, write them down. Recheck. And you may say, this sounds like a whole bunch of same steps. It really is. It's just in a different order. Recheck everything that you've put. Recheck. Make sure. Recheck it all. Always go through and recheck things. It's okay to question things. Because if we aren't questioning things and we're only accepting things, even as your pastor, if you're not going through and rechecking the things that I'm telling you and you're just only receiving the information and you're not putting any of the information into action, you're only putting your ears into action. But we're supposed to actively reach. Here's where it gets a little bit more into what I want to talk about. Actively reaching towards something means actively putting effort in. We must put the effort in to actively reach for the feet of Jesus. We've got to put those things in. We've got to actively reach. And you may say, what does that even look like? Okay, so once you've actively reached, when you begin to actively reach, that means you go all the way back to here. When you gathered your thoughts and you say, is there anything that I can do to change about that? Is there anything to do? And if there's not, that's okay. This is where, where it gets really hard because trauma oftentimes, most of the time that I see, is inflicted unwillingly and it's something that you cannot go back in time and change. And you say, okay, well then what do you mean? What can I do to change the thought process? When you start to change your thought process, you are making new neuropathways in your brain. This is scientifically proven. It's all in this book. It's all research. I've done my research. I'm not an expert, but I've done research. When you can create new neuropathways in your brain, you can start to see things completely different. This is where the scripture that comes into play that states, speak things that are not as though they were. Speak things that are not as though they were. You may feel this way, and you may be completely valid in feeling this way, and it may be okay for you to feel this way, but the Father does not want you to stay that way. Because when He created us, His divine purpose was not for everyone to be in suffering. That's not the way it is. Mental health now and mental uh, illness is so normal now, but that is not the way the divine plan of the Creator was. 
That's not what it was meant for. He was meant for us to live in a holy lifestyle, in a place to where no one was hurt, where there was no, no rape, no, no any of the junk, no, no daddies moving out of the homes, none of these things. He didn't intend for any of that to happen, but he's saying, I can give you the plans, I can give you the tools, I'm needing you to actively reach toward the feet of the Father and read what scriptures say, put those into your mind so that that's what you regurgitate out. And I'm here to explain, really preach to you about something. When God gives you scripture, you go to scripture. There's a meme that Lachey posted, and it spoke to me so deeply, even though it was comical. We all the time want to hear a word from the Father, but we got a word from the Father, and it's called Genesis through Revelation. If we don't ever get into our word, and we're constantly going after self-help books over the word of God, we're not going to get anywhere. And I don't mean to be that way. I don't mean to be ugly. I don't mean to just absolutely degrade everything that I've preached because I've not even brought out anything but one scripture right now. But I'm here to let you know, as Christians, it is time that we raise up and open our Bibles again and we get into what the Word of God tells us and then you can receive divine revelation after that. We seek after divine revelation in song. We seek after divine revelation in the wind that we hear. But if we don't have ever seek after divine revelation in the Word of God, then we will not ever truly experience the absolute freedom of Holy Ghost and Holy Fire. Okay? And I know that sounds so old time preaching, but it's just the truth. Because we got a lot of songs out there, and I'm so thankful that we have worship pastors that listen to the theology of songs before they sing them. But I'm, we've got so many songs out there that will preach about us, and we're not even lifting up the Father. If you fill yourself up on worship, you're not filling yourself up at all, because worship is supposed to be pouring out to Him. I'm going to go ahead and preach. I'm stepping into my preaching zone now. Education zone's gone out the window. When we constantly feel like we're feeding ourselves on worship, you are not feeding yourself on worship. You've got a backwards mentality of what worship is. So when you go into worship, you're supposed to be pouring yourself out to Him. And the scripture says that when praises go up, glory comes down. But... So when the glory comes down, it's a refilling, right? But if all you're doing is ever feeling like you are filling yourself up and it's only through music, what if we opened our word and realized that music was, <laughs> was some tunes added to what the scripture already said? Because when I look at it and I, and I say, I want you to actively reach... I want you to actively go. And I'm preaching from a standpoint because I know I've been there. I was the one who listened to worship four or five hours a day. Every time I got in my car, that's all I did. And I never got any word in. But all of a sudden, this desire came in me to actually read what the Word of God says because the Word is God. The Word was God. I mean, all these things. And I'm actually discovering God through His Word. Now when I'm up here worshiping and these singers start singing and the instrumentalists start playing, I can make a connection that is deeper than it was before because I've opened up who he is that's in between Genesis and Revelation. You may say, okay, why did you say all of that? That sounds like a rabbit trail. Yes, it was a rabbit trail, but the rabbit trail is coming back. When you understand what God's word says about you, and when you begin to make those things the neuropathways of your mind, 
Just watch what happens when you come in here on Sunday mornings and start to worship. Watch what happens. Watch what happens when Scripture begins to be burned into your heart. And your prayer life is so on fire. Watch how that reach looks. Watch how it looks. And it's not going to happen overnight. I'm not trying to preach to you that it's going to happen overnight. I told you last week that to create one new neuro pathway in your brain, one positive thought that you're trying to alleviate, maybe one or two other positive thoughts, it takes 63 days scientifically. One thought. So it's going to take time. I'm not here preaching, telling you to get it all right by tomorrow. I just want you to understand that it's going to take some time. But while you're taking that time, feed yourself with the Word. Feed yourself with the Word and say, Okay, I understand that the Word says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I may look in the mirror and I may not see what I want to see. And I may say this negative thing about myself. But I know that the Word says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'm going to constantly say that to myself for the next two minutes. And do it for 63 days and watch what happens. Watch what happens in your life. What I'm about to do, y'all, again, if you need to get up and leave, it's totally fine. I'm not going to be offended. But it's about to get really real. I'm probably going to, I'm not going to cuss, but I'm probably going to use language that's going to make people uncomfortable. But it's the time, time that the church recognizes what trauma actually does to people. Okay. So there's a trauma, and mommy, you're going to be this trauma, called job loss and poverty and always being stressed about money. Anytime a bill comes up, you start to sweat, you recluse into certain things, and, and you feel like you could just slap the bill collector because you grew up in a poverty-type home. So when this poverty comes in, wrap it around me. Like, why are you having to come back? Why is it that I can't, I can't get myself ahead? Why, why are you back here again? And then suddenly... You get through the month and it loosens up. It loosens up. You're able to walk away a little bit, but it's still, it's still tugging on you a good bit. It's still there. But then all of a sudden, another bill comes in and it pulls you tight back into the exact same thoughts. Pulls you right back. You're triggered by the exact same thing that you've been triggered by for several years. Because you grew up in an impoverished home and, and you feel like that's all that you're ever going to have because that's what you grew up in and that's what you know and it holds its grip. It holds tight. Okay, you can let loose, but still hold on to me. Why is it so tight? Why does it keep coming after me? Those exact same thoughts continually come into your mind and you just feel like you can't let loose of them. Okay, you can loosen up totally. 
sexual abuse. I want you to be sexual abuse. You may have been raped when you were eight, nine years old. You may have been sexually abused, whatever it was. But whatever they did to you, it's not me putting this on. Susanna, go ahead and come on, put this on. I'm not doing anything. But she's put the chains on me because of the sexual abuse. Now, now I walk around with a mentality of, okay, I'll never get out of this impoverished situation over here but anytime I get close to a man or I get close to a woman I feel like I'm not going to be able to please them like I need to because of the way that I was done when I was a child and I deal with so many insecurities when God's called me to do this for my husband or for my wife yes this is tense but it's the truth y'all so anytime I smell the perfume of the same person it's, it's pulled on even tighter I'm triggered and I'm pulled this way to the exact same feeling even though I may not be able to see her or f feel her or even she may not even be in that situation. I may not be dealing with the bills right now but I'm still pulled by the trauma because of certain things that just drive me nuts and I may not even know that they're there. I want you guys to let loose completely and stay loose on this next section. Alfredo, if you'll go ahead and come on up. I hope you know because of what you did that I constantly fear that I'm not going to be a good enough dad. Anytime that I have to do something around the house that I feel like should have been taught to me I fear because I've got a son on the way. It, all, the, all the addiction, all the times I wrote you notes as a child pleading you to stop what you were doing, now it has resulted in you being completely gone and not being able to see my child. Why? Now the announcement of having my own child has resulted and triggered in a fear of me being something that God has not called me to be. And any time a particular situation rises up in my house, because I'm just being real with you guys if you want to hear it or not. Any time a particular carpentry reason rises up in my house, there's a particular anger that comes up inside of me because I want to blame the man that didn't actually teach me those things. And God is saying, I don't want you to deal with those things anymore. I don't want you to have to deal with the daddy issues anymore. I don't want you to have to deal with the rape issues anymore. I don't want you to have to deal with the bills anymore. I don't want you to have to deal with the trauma anymore. 
but you're filled up with every particular way and you're pulled every dadgum direction because of the trauma that happened to you so many years ago. It is okay to feel this way, but it is time to expose it. Don't get me wrong, I love my daddy. And I know that he was there for me and I know that he loved me. But I'm just being real with the questions. He died in a, a car accident on, on his way home from work. I don't know the entire situation, but that's why I'm terrified of 12... Um, Diesel's coming my way. I can't stand the fact. I can't stand the fact that I can see the picture imprinted on my mind of his teeth on the floor as he hit the uh, pole on the way home from work. I can't get rid of those images. And I'm just here to let you know that when the time comes and those questions start to ask, God is saying, I'm willing to release. I'm willing to release that. I'm willing to take your questions. Your questions are not too big for me, says the Lord God Almighty. They are not too big for me. No, I didn't want anybody to hurt you. No, I didn't want the bills to overwhelm you. I didn't want sexual perversion to take over your mind. But I'm here to release the things off of you, says the Lord God Almighty. I do not want you to deal with them anymore, says the Lord. Maybe it's going to take time, and it probably will. But all the junk that has pulled you every single direction... All of it that's pulled you every single direction. He's wanting to take it and he's wanting you to lay it at his feet. And it may be a little at a time. It may be just this part of the questions. Jesus, this is the question I have right now. Well, Jesus, as I'm getting closer to you, I realize I've got this question. Okay. I realize I've, I've got this question. God, I realize I've got this anger. I realize that I've got this trauma about it. I didn't even realize it was there. But this is what I've got. The woman who is caught in the act of adultery. Can you imagine the trauma that she faced from the very people of the church? That was supposed to be the ones there to help her. Literally everything, all in one moment, which is not supposed to be done this way, was laid before Jesus. And you want to know what he did? He held it. Wrote something in the sand, and I cannot wait until I know what he wrote. And he said, go and sin no more. If everyone would stand across this place and if I could have the band come on up. These messages are different. They're different for a purpose. These services are long. They're long for a purpose. We're not going to be doing any laying of hands. 
I mean, we will, but that's not the purpose this morning. But if you have things in your life that you need to release, this morning is a moment of releasing. Just like the previous series stated, I dare you to release. I dare you to let go of it all. And it may take some time to get over it. And guess what? That's okay. But as cliche as it sounds, the first step is admittance. The first step is being open to what you have. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be able to pour effectively. And God can use anybody. So if you're dealing with things, I'm not saying he can't use you. But I used to sing with a girl and she had issues like she, it was a weird issue because she never, to this day, she's never had any alcohol. She didn't have sex before she was married. She was pure as gold as far as earthly standards could go. And I remember in class one time, she, she said, I really struggle because everybody's got these awesome testimonies like of coming out of addiction or coming out of sexual perversion and all of those things. And she said, and I really have like a weird question. Like, what was God's design for me? Like, where do I go in this? That in and of itself is an incredible testimony. To abstain from all forms or anything that may cause anybody else to slip up if we will call that sin but the more I get into this I realize that that's definitely not the case with most people but I do know that the first step is total admittance so if this is spoken to you in any form or fashion I want you to come flood these altars and I want you to open your heart to him not to me, not yet. This moment is to open to Him. So the altars are open and the altar call has been made. If this is for you, I want you to flood these altars. Thank you for listening to this message. If you are dealing with trauma in your life, please do not hesitate to reach out to Church at the Vineyard. We will do everything in our power to offer you hope by connecting you with local mental health resources and praying over you.